0: Everybody, welcome to the Beneath the Iceberg podcast. Uh, my name is Yang, and I'm here with my co-host today, Olivier. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's quite the uh, intro, bro. Um, yeah. yeah, we're just gonna kick things off. Um, hope everyone is doing all right. Um,
1: staying safe.
0: Yeah, staying but- safe. Yeah. getting jabbed and uh promoting that herd immunity you know what i'm saying
1: <laughs> yo um, yeah of course you know who's promoting that you know who's like going around after that herd after you he got his second jab will will is just like yo, i'm trying to live my best life after my second vaccination blah blah, blah this and that
0: <laughs> well it's been a long uh and quiet year so the guy wants to get some uh wants to see some action so i don't yeah. blame him.
1: You know. Yeah, I mean yeah. How how do we I don't really know how to say it but um you know try to try to get the boom boom.
0: <laughs> well, um, it's um it's, it's it's he's trying to have a hot boy hot boy summer, bro.
1: Yo, he he went from top boy dang to hot boy dang. <laughs>
0: All right, yo. Yo, yo, Will, if you listening, we got your
1: uh, your hype man over here, bro. Hmm. Yo, like, yeah. I mean, I I don't really I don't really drink now or anything like that. But it's like, if if we go Me to neither. the club, yeah. Yo, if we go to the club, we'll hook you up, bro. We got you. We got you as wing. Got you, well, yo, Yang Yang's got the sauce, and I don't know, like we we got you. We got you. Um. Yeah. So like today is just me curry and... sauce <laughs> yeah and take masala is nice too bro. Mm. yeah honestly bro like he, will well will wants to taste the rainbow. sweet he likes that taste the rainbow he's no. Nah, he's gonna taste the rainbow he's yeah he's yeah. like yo <laughs> skittles bro that's that's what i'm saying he's while all exactly. of us are eating like our own cultural foods like pizza or siu mai or tikka masala this guy's over here eating skittles so i rate that yeah um so yeah um this is our second episode today uh and yeah w- yang what have you been up to today
0: yeah not much uh, well i've been uh, just finished working my shifts Um, my work and um something i've been kind of up to recently is um i started to uh take on coding so that's some that's a new kind of um thing that i'm a new skill that i'm trying to learn and develop Mm. uh and i started um started like just under a week ago just started learning how to code and um yeah, man, it's it's difficult. I've never had any coding experience before in my life um, other than, like, some comp sci course in high school, which I don't recall anything about. So I'm pretty much, like, I consider myself starting from ground zero um, and just learning learning how to code, man. I'm um, taking a, a course from, a comp sci course from Merverd. Um, online right now and uh, it's I think it's it's good it's, it's fast paced and it's definitely challenging me uh, mm. because simply because this is something that's like completely foreign to me so mm. that's what I've been up to mm.
1: yo I what is it as as any macro would say I love that for you um but <laughs> re- real talk though like hard, the CS50 I I tried doing that last summer now that, that's it I, you get to, like, the middle part of that course, it gets really hard. Um, let me tell you, like, week four, week five, I I don't know how people get through that. So, um, good luck, Yang. I think you can do it. Um, yeah, I, I guess, like, me, just like last year, I just gave up on things so easily. So, I know Yang is, um, he, he's much more of a perseverer than I am. So, Yeah um how you find how you finding like the you said like what are you thinking about like the learning curve you said it was like kind of steep for someone yeah, who yeah um
0: yeah yes yeah. i i i personally find it um pretty steep to be honest uh i'm gonna keep it 100 like i'm on um the week two lecture stuff now um so, it's, it's weird. They start at week zero. So, week zero is actually, like, the first week, and then week one is your second week. And we just started, like, some doing some C programming stuff. And, um, yeah, man, like, I, I, I definitely find the learning curve quite steep. Um, I definitely have to, like, once I go through the lecture, um, I definitely have to go back, revisit the lecture slides, as well as the lecture notes, like, multiple times um, as I'm as I'm completing the uh, assignment problems, um, mm. just to help me reinforce things, and it's definitely hard, man. It's um, it's, I mean, it practically is learning a new language, right? A, a new way of kind of communicating, communicating yeah. to to a computer, literally. Mm. Um, and I think it's like more so than learning uh, how to kind of like a, this technology it, it's it's more so learning how to problem solve in my opinion because you're really forcing yourself to kind of think outside of the box that you are um you're you're so conventionally used to thinking and right like we're both mm. um like we're both science majors right mm. and like learning how to solve or create code in order to solve a problem um in order to you know take an input and create the desired output that you want mm. it really it really forces you to think outside your own box whatever that box may be um mm. especially if you don't have any prior experience in cs which is in my case and in a lot of other people's cases um and to your point like it definitely is bro it's definitely a lot of uh, perseverance like i, I I don't know if, like, I wouldn't say I'm the smartest guy, and I mean, I'm—I wouldn't say I'm struggling, but I'm definitely finding it. Um, I'm finding it challenging and and difficult already. Mm. Um, so, uh, the fact that people, not just you, but like other people, I've heard say that, like, in the upcoming weeks, like midway through the course and whatnot, it gets like much more difficult. Well, week two is already pretty difficult, so mm. to me, because of the learning curve. So, um, the fact. Honestly, though, the fact that um, I I anticipated it being even more difficult, it kind of like it, to me, it kind of encourages me to keep going and yes. I kind of view it as a challenge to like complete this thing, mm. um, this 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 obstacle really, this course. Um, and it's interesting, you know, because like. It's really, it's really interesting because like throughout university, right? Throughout like undergrad, um, there's this concept of like bird courses, right? Like people taking, especially in the, um, pre in, in the pre-med kind of community, people who want to become doctors or people who are really concerned about their like grades for life,
1: music therapy, um, environmental sciences, (laughs) we can go on, man, microeconomics,
0: yeah yeah exactly i mean all these all these courses that like people take for the sole reason of getting a um an a plus or a or whatever you know getting a mark that would wouldn't require um excessive effort on on like the student's behalf right um that's kind of the concept behind Mm -hmm. these bird courses you're not really too concerned about retaining the um g- gaining and retaining the knowledge right you're more yeah. so just concerned about obtaining the number it's more it's like a numbers game mm. um, and yeah. yeah, yeah, what are your thoughts on that man like did you kind of like um throughout your university uh career did you kind of fall fall victim to like the bird course Dude, uh, bird course, courses man. or yeah
1: of course man so um yeah. I remember in first year, um, I took microeconomics and to be honest, man, I, I got I got an A plus in that course, but it was just kind of the most mind numbing thing to study for. Like I would. OK, so I would come my first midterm. I would come back from like my first. Well, was it for? No, it was my life side form. This was our second midterm. Me and my boy, like I would come back from my um. Life side formal and I'd be really tired But I would I would only study like one hour without really touching the material from a al- not one hour But like from 11 to 1 I went to my commerce my commerce friends who's also a really close friend to me um, I went to his um, went to his room and uh, We just we just grinded it out for like a few hours to be honest, I don't really recommend it this for anybody, but there was a there's a there was a, a friend's friend or an acquaintance that we knew that like had a photographic memory. Um, if you're out there, I'm not gonna call your name, but thank you so much. I got a hundred on that midterm because of you. Basically he just listed out the questions and answers in order, um, and gave it to us. And yeah, um, It was... was, Man. But, like, other than that, I feel like... Just taking... After that... Other than that bird course, I felt like the other bird courses that I took... Like, environmental sciences, music therapy... I just felt like I gained absolutely nothing from them. And, like, it was just, like, a waste... I felt like it was a waste of time, even though it really... It does pad your GPA. It's just, like, why am I really doing this? Like, you know what I mean? Um... I guess it's yeah. kind of, like, the, the part of the pain of trying to do pre-med is that you have to do some of these, like, mind-numbing courses that you're not interested in. If you're interested in them, then that's cool. Um, but if you're not, then it's really hard to, like, get up and actually, like, you know, do work for it. Um, yeah, and uh, I think the one bird course I really liked um, was when I took last year. It was called um, Korean pop culture. Um, yeah, I'm, what is it? You can call me a Korea boo all you want. Um, hey, I, I I'll, I'll admit it. You know, I do listen to my fair share of K-pop um, and and K-dramas too. Uh, I've been watching way too many. Of, I've been watching way too many of them. But yeah, I'd say that one was my bet was my favorite one because I actually was interested in it. But if you I don't know yeah just getting sucked into like trying to find bird courses and you know doing those bird courses i just feel like it's a waste of time
0: yeah i i definitely concur bro i um i personally kind of like i started out not really um like taking many bird courses started like uh, undergrad i mean Mm. and then like as i kind of in kind of the middle of undergrad, I, that's when I fell victim to this whole um, course vibe. Uh, just because of like the people around me. Like naturally, in a vacuum, like I'm the type of person who, um, just like naturally, I, I I don't really like kind of taking shit just to get the numbers, you know, the mark mm-hmm. for. And also, I really don't like taking stuff that I don't have interest for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually started to do that like in the middle of my undergrad, and looking back now, after taking the bird courses that I took, um, I definitely regret it. Uh, but I also realized that like a good a good number a good chunk of the bird courses I took quote unquote bird courses I actually didn't even get like very good marks for, mm. um, compared to like some of my other courses that were like significantly more difficult. Uh, and to, for me, personally speaking, that's because a lot of these bird courses, um, I mean, for some people, they it might be interesting or what, whatever the case may be. But for me, any course, whether it be regardless of the difficulty that it, it's, it inherently has, um, if I don't – I'm not interested in the course itself and the content that, that it has – it's just mind-numbing to me, you know, like just memorizing random crap that has no relevance or I have no interest in, um, mm-hmm. that's a really mind-numbing to me. Um, and just doing that f- just for the mark, um, I ended up just having little to zero motivation ever to study for these things. Um, and it hurt me in the long term, you know, what, what I thought of as a bird course uh, and ultimately was like i remember my lowest grade ever in a course was from a, a bird course that i um initially thought I, you know we'd get into um just you know just thought because it was easy i think i got like mm. a, something in the C's um on this oh, like dang. psychology course right on this ah. psych course. And, yeah and it wasn't difficult like it was just yeah. like um memorizing stuff and actually i must say this like it was if I had actually kind of like studied it, uh, I think it would have been interesting, but I just didn't, and mm. um, yeah, I uh, I definitely crammed like every single um, examination and 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 midterm and whatnot, so um, mm. I screwed that up pretty bad. Um, but you know, that's that's kind of the the lesson, you know, like you shouldn't take you shouldn't take things that you're not passionate towards this is not really just about like i think courses right but about anything yeah if you do anything just just for um for an alternative purpose other than for something that you're genuine genuinely aligns with your passion Mm. i think you're ultimately gonna suffer from it
1: Mm. whether that be a course
0: or yeah whether that be a course or or you know a career or an activity that you do whatever it may be i think it has Mm -hmm. to align with your personal passions and interests Mm -hmm.
1: i feel like people think that you know it bird courses are easier but you kind of have like this um it's kind of like taking the easy way out sometimes and it's like sometimes when you take the easy way out um it's just you won't even you might not even get like the result because or you might not even gain from the result because you took the easy way out um yeah it's kind of like having like a high time preference like just consuming consuming and but not investing in the future kind of type of thing
0: yeah exactly bro you you gotta put that gotta put in the i mean what you put in is what you get out so Mm. um yeah and i I believe uh I, i believe that's why like people who who take these things for granted, I mean, they, it bites them in the in the butt in the long run. But mm. uh, yeah, I mean that that's why like kind of after I'm done, now that I'm done with uh, undergrad, um, and like I'm not really haunted by the by by this whole like grades thing. Like I need uh, a plus in every course or as close to a plus in every course mm. because of my GPA. Blah blah blah. Not that I, I don't really have that um, worry that 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 I have to kind of chase all the time. Um, I feel a sense of liberty to uh, just learn the things that I, I actually want to learn or um, things that I haven't learned before. Because for me in university, like, um, and I'm sure this applies to a lot of other people in, in science and in health sciences or in pre-med in general, Um, people limit themselves to kind of domains of study that they are familiar with, right? Mm. Because they're afraid that if they venture outside of that, um, of of their comfort zone, then they're going to, you know, they're going to struggle and it's going to be hard, it's going to be difficult, Mm. and they're not going to get the marks, blah, blah, blah. It's a Um, risk. But exactly, it's a risk. It's a risk. And they think, I think, like, we think that um, the risk is not worth taking because mm-hmm. it jeopardizes the mark or whatever. Yeah uh, but now that we like now that I don't have to worry about pa- um getting a particular mark or or as high of a GPA as possible, it's almost like that weight is lifted off my shoulders. I can take this programming course, I can take you know um you can accounting courses. You, I can,
1: you know, learn whatever you exactly. want for
0: once. Yeah, exactly, right? And I just feel like something I, I definitely realized though, like after graduating um this year is that like i really barely know jack shit that would be uh like from school i mean from the courses i've taken and from my education um it really illy equips me for uh what i what things that i would need to know in order to you know make myself um bring value to society and whatnot like i feel like i have so much more to learn that like spending this time in school doing all these random ass courses and especially all these bird courses and certainly not every course is useless right but like yeah i think a significant portion of the courses were uh ill equips you for the real world and mm-hmm. so now i'm just like okay now i'm taking um I, i'm kind of being aware of that and just starting to take courses that will help me develop um skills like programming um and other like technical skills that might actually help me bring contribute value to to like the society into like a job that i would enter into
1: i feel like uni um the courses that we take as like science students are more theoretical um they're they equip you more for academia and um or even maybe for medical school or other professional healthcare professional uh schools but i feel like if you're not do going into that you're not going to be well equipped for um your career so yeah i i 100 percent agree yang um sorry there was there was something that i wanted to say but it kind of just left my mind just like that but yeah one thing i've wanted to learn as well like i I wanted to learn other stuff too, but me me being so risk averse um I never really strayed away from bird courses or science courses, and some of the science courses that I took were not really that in, didn't really interest me as much, so I felt like it we're we're not incentivized to go beyond what we're supposed to learn so which which I feel like is the point of university is that you know take take whatever interests you but the fact that courses are so expensive and um, we are we are we have this pressure of like GPA it it kind of it kind of closes our minds a little bit about like what we can learn um, and yeah for myself I've been not only have I been reading books, but I've also been learning Mandarin as well. Um, I speak Cantonese, so be learning another dialect, It it is very. it's actually kind of convenient that some words kind of sound the same, but I find Mandarin a lot easier to learn just because there's only four tones, and there's a much better system to learning it than Cantonese, at least from what I see. So, yeah
0: me and yang have been reading a lot of books right yeah um i was uh doing a lot of i mean i I still am not as much as i was like er earlier on in the summer because now i'm starting i'm um, doing this programming course um but yeah, I, I've definitely been doing a lot of uh, reading throughout the summer um yeah. about different topics um mm. that that I barely that I you know don't, didn't have much knowledge about initially um mm. and just trying to expand my my horizon um of knowledge,
1: yeah, one of them was bitcoin um yeah, like something that was just so i feel like was so taboo a few years ago, and now everyone's kind of getting to um crypto i don't know what are your what are your thoughts about um bitcoin and crypto in general
0: well one thing is that there's there's two i think streams of perception here right like Mm. i think no some people um maybe the the vast majority of the public uh, and certainly a lot of like, people that I've uh, spoken to, um, I think they lack, I think most people lack understanding about the fundamental aspects of Bitcoin. Um, and they, like a lot of people lump Bitcoin in the same category as all of the other cryptocurrency, all of the other digital coins and stuff like um and certainly the media coverage doesn't help with that right but i think like my opinion on this is that um and y- you'll definitely have some thoughts on this too after reading uh the bitcoin standard olivier but um yeah i think that there's like bitcoin represents some um some very sound monetary principles that the current monetary network um in the dollar um, that is is widely you know pretty much universally used Uh, uh, there's a lot of inherent flaws in the dollar as a currency and my opinion is that bitcoin's inherent monetary properties uh serves as a um as a better substitute as a monetary currency Mm. over the dollar and certainly, certainly over all of the other uh, cryptocurrencies, all, all of your uh, Dogecoin and like XRP, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I honestly don't know too much about the other stuff. I don't, I, I view it all the other stuff as just noise personally. Um, so like I I did my kind of, I did some reading on Bitcoin and I, I just kind of ignored all the, the rest of the noise. Um, and yeah, I believe um, like Bitcoin itself, it has a lot of properties uh, in, in the technology and in the various technologies that it uses, um, such as blockchain, such as the uh, decentralized ledger um, mm-hmm. system, and, and the consensus rules and whatnot that, that Bitcoin has. Like, these are a lot of things that most people aren't familiar with. Right, like they don't even know that like these things are what make up Bitcoin, right? Like yeah, to be honest,
1: I didn't know any of these like features, like except for blockchain technology, only because our digital diplomas where they use blockchain technology. But other than that, I was just so clueless on what Bitcoin was and even what money was in general. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's I think that's like people I feel like and this is something that I had trouble with at first when I got into like dabbling with Bitcoin was that like I I viewed purchasing Bitcoin in the in the light that like I just wanted this thing to appreciate so that I can earn money and then potentially cash out so that I can you know realize a, a capital gain or whatever mm-hmm. right. Um, but now I have a lot, I have a fundamentally different perspective on it because I just doing a lot more kind of reading on this topic, uh, and reading and understanding, um uh, Bitcoin. Um, I understand the property. I well, not understand, but I, I understand a lot more than when I started. Certainly, um, the properties making up Bitcoin, make it a very sound, uh, currency, and certainly, you know, giving it a, a very high potential in terms of um, worldwide adoption. Because right now, um, I'm not sure what the n- numbers are exactly, but I believe it's approximately 100, there's 150 million people who uh, hold Bitcoin in the world. And uh, there's 8 billion people approximately in the world. Yeah. Um, I believe that's the numbers. About so that's a very small
1: million people use Bitcoin in the US alone. Which is pretty interesting. Right, okay. Yeah.
0: Twenty seven million. That's that's like I'm getting this from
1: like a Google search right now, but yeah, there's there's like twenty point five million Bitcoin addresses. Basically public addresses are it's it's kind of like a kind of like a an email or something, kind of you know. And then you have like a private key as well, which only the owner knows. Uh, yeah, it's actually like pretty interesting of like you know digital currency and the fact that the government doesn't really control Bitcoin. And right. Yeah, that's kind of like that's kind of how it became. I think that's kind of the taboo part because for so long, money has been centralized to the government, where you have like the the gold being centralized to the banks and then the banks are using paper currency to distribute all of this like all this money to people and even though paper currency is a lot more portable and divisible um the fact that the government could just print out money to devalue its currency just to pay off its debts but they're like lowering their citizens real wealth it's kind of like mind-boggling like i never really thought of it like that which yeah it 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 was weird yang it was weird looking into that
0: well yeah you're right and it is weird and it is kind of fucked up in a lot of ways um i mean think about it right if i or any other citizen um had a had a machine where like i just entered clicked a few buttons and flipped on switch and it just started printing out um genuine minted bills like i'm talking about like cash yeah uh twenty dollar bills fifty dollar bills hundred dollar bills um and somebody found out about this machine and they found out that i was the person who was authorizing its use or not authorizing but you know abusing it th- abusing this because I'm literally creating money right out of, um, out, of out of thin air mm. and this money I can go take and I can go buy you know and uh, go to Nike store and go buy some some Jordans I can you know buy, go go buy a new car I can go buy a new house mm. and the people on on the other side of the transaction right, They're receiving this money that um, I pretty much obtained out of nothing, right? Like money and time are pretty much very, very much uh, related. They're they're one of the same thing, right? Time is money. Well, like why do we say that, right? It's because how do you earn money? You have to invest your time in something in order for – um you to realize money whether that being you you putting in labor and hours for an employer and the employer pays you or you investing your time um or you're selling something yeah exactly as as an entrepreneur you're selling something other people pay you whatever it is you need to invest time in it you're you're trading your own time for money however that money is being uh is being realize to you right mm. whether that's you're earning it yourself or someone else is giving it to you as a paycheck mm. but the and just kind of like to touch on your point about the government like if i control the printing press in my basement and somebody else found out about it what do you think is going to happen well probably you know uh, a few federal agents is going to come knocking on my door and, and put me in handcuffs <laughs> right and i'm going to go to jail right um uh, yeah that that, that that's that's probably what's gonna happen because i'm you're I'm printing, printing out money.
1: money yeah exactly
0: um but the kind of ironic thing is uh and, and let's just say like um this news gets like publicized and people say oh yang is a is a criminal he's uh just printing money and, and using this printed money to buy Goods and services in the economy. Oh, like what a fraudster! You know, shame mm. on you. Blah 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 blah. And I'm gonna get my sentence, right? Yeah. But the ironic thing is, um, that shit's happening legally, uh, and mm. it's being done by the government, right? Mm. The the Fed. Yeah. Um, Fed is the Federal Reserve. I'm talking uh, when we talk about Fed, we're referring to the U.S., but it's more or less the same in in um, yeah. Canada. Every and, country's and Portland, like or.
1: central bank, basically.
0: Exactly. I mean, this whole central bank, right, like this, the central banks exist um, because like money, when they print out money, that's exactly what they're doing. Mm -hmm. This analogy that I'm I'm running this money printer in the machine, except I'm an individual and they are the people who are a centralized authority who, um, for some reason, the the general population kind of... um, agrees that it's okay for them to do the same behavior that i you know just made the analogy for which you know uh would be illegal would be seen as illegal so it's like the central banks are doing the very thing that uh that people would otherwise find as extremely wrong extremely fraudulent right they Mm -hmm. are running the money press they're running the money press to create money out of thin air this money is and we're not talking about like millions right or even billions Talk about we're trillions, talking bro. about exactly we're, we're talking about trillions uh. like that's what one with 12 zeros that's a lot of money and not we're talking about trillions in the plural mm. right like that is that is a big deal um t- there's take this in right like since since the 2008 financial crisis where pretty much all of your um financial assets especially housing and, and stocks and everything uh, all that stuff crashed in 28 uh, sorry 2008 mm. um the us has printed 75 percent of the money that's ever existed since 2008 alone 2008 until now they've created 75 percent of all the money that's ever been in existence in the economy right um and i believe the number is approximately 35 they printed 35% of all the money that's ever been in existence since the, since the onset of covid-19 mm. um and i think like people don't a lot of people don't realize why this is an issue oh the government is just printing money you know like oh it's they're doing it because they're the government and they can do it mm-hmm. right um but it's actually is a problem because it is affecting people like you and i and pretty much everybody else with uh, a fixed income right Mm. um because you mentioned it it's devaluing the currency the money that we hold in our wallets and in our bank Mm. accounts right yeah we can basically
1: afford less today tomorrow than we can today if we even if we don't spend any spend any of that well tomorrow we can with less with this money we'll we're not able to buy the same quantity or similar quantity of stuff, um, and people are kind of just like, with, with with regards to the government printing money, they feel like, oh, this is more money that I can consume. Like for example, with uh, with CSB and CR Serb, I feel like it was definitely necessary that people got like a stimulus, but at the same time. I feel like the government doesn't really care that much because the government could just print all that money and give it to us. Um, no, no problem.
0: Yeah, no problem is the perception, but it is a big, pro- is a very big problem, mm. um, and it's the problem that caused pretty much all of the uh, financial crashes um, in, in you know in modern day history, right? Uh, right. It is this issue of printing money? Which subsequently causes inflation whether that inflation is gradual or or sudden um and you mentioned it it what it it reduces our ability to buy stuff the same what that means is it reduces our purchasing power of Mm. our dollar um and that's a big issue because you know it's i think at the end of the day it's a matter of supply and demand right what the governments are doing um, when they run the money press and make the money printer go burr. um, (laughs) I mean, that shit's glamorized, right? You see it in in, in the fucking videos and shit like that. But it's a matter of supply and demand, right? Like when they make the money printer go burr, they're inflating the supply of money, right? Mm. The supply of money... increases um radically it increases significantly right um you have a particular amount of money initially in the economy right and then whenever the government needs more money um they raise taxes and whatnot but taxes is only gonna um uh, only gonna get you so much because people are opposed to taxes right so they create they go to the money press and they print money that significantly increases the supply of money in the economy and what that happens is well all of your goods and your services in the the free market yes there will increase because there is a disproportionate increase in the amount of money that's in the economy right significantly increases the money but the goods and services stay relatively stagnant right Mm -hmm. there's still you know um there's still this relatively similar amounts of of uh businesses and and people and goods and services so the, the prices of those goods and services will increase because your supply of money has significantly increased. And that's what where the issue comes in because that causes inflation. Inflation mm-hmm. is when the prices of all your goods uh, and services and assets and stuff uh, rise, right? And mm-hmm. that's because the government has uh, been running the, mon- the money press. Mm-hmm. And that creates an issue because, you know, I mean what's the proportion of um of the increase in in your in your income compared to the increase in like asset prices right yeah, like
1: probably not as much like I feel like w- yeah our our wages and our salaries are probably not up to par with in terms of growth with the inflation rate
0: Oh yeah I mean it's definitely not up to par hmm. um the real inflation rate is like very high. It, it's yeah. like more or less, uh, I believe it's like 12% or something in, in the past several years. Like that's how badly they've been debasing the money. Yeah. Um, and, and what that means is, is like going up and they and, keep going and up and they keep climbing. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's an issue because I mean, like, I mean, one day you and I, uh, who knows what that day will be, but one day you and I will want to buy a house. Yeah. Right. But I mean, houses, uh, they can only they can only build so many houses and build houses so fast, but mm-hmm. they can run the, the money machine much faster than they can build houses. Right. So the prices of these houses will climb. Um, I mean, it, it's like I think houses in, in, in Ontario have pretty much doubled um, since March 2020. Right. Yeah. The, the start of the pandemic. That's crazy. Um, people just started buying houses and like I mean you can't really live you can't really purchase a house in Toronto with you know average houses like what at least a million dollars something You're like that probably
1: going to have to live outside of the GTA at this point um, probably gonna have to move north of New Market uh, <laughs> I don't know this uh, and going back to the inf- inflation stuff it's just like once wages do. Catch up to the wages do increase to like the level of like where wages can um, cover the price growth and the inflation growth, the prices will increase because of the wage increase.
0: Exactly. Squeeze everything up, man. It's this like very toxic, like positive feedback loop, right? Mm. Like that is at the base of it is caused by um, inflation, which is caused by money printing Mm. um yeah and it affects all of us um i mean maybe it affects it definitely affects some of the population much to a different manner and to a different degree than others Mm. for example if you're wealthy you're you're probably um you probably don't have a very big issue with this because uh, whereas if you're kind of on the other end of this wealth spectrum if you're lower class uh or middle class or just you know you're you're kind of on the on the low socioeconomic cl- uh, class of the spectrum, you're gonna suffer from it. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that's because you know like if if I'm people in middle class and and you know below um, with fixed incomes or or moderate you know level incomes, I mean you're they're not really gonna have uh, they're not really gonna own many assets, right? Like they're not really gonna own many houses or own uh much stock uh right. in, in corporations or or whatever financial assets people invest in yeah. they're, they're probably not going to own much of that if any right yeah because what, uh, what
1: we're holding right now is not enough for the future it's like people say like save your money and stuff like that it's not enough now now you actually gotta invest that You should like invest that money too to even out outpace inflation nowadays. Before you could just save money and buy a house, no problem. Now, I don't know it. It just it all it, it all sounds like a whole nightmare when talking to other individuals our age when talking about housing and prices and inflation. It uh, makes me sick.
0: Well, I don't think most people are age, and I mean in like early to like late 20s, maybe even early, like late tw- early 20s to like early 30s. I don't think like most people, I would say, don't understand the scope of the issue, yeah, uh, aren't very aware of it. I mean, you certainly don't learn this shit in university or college yeah or you certainly don't learn about you learn you, barely you don't learn, learn shit about
1: all. like the government doing the. I I actually took a lot of economics courses last year and they taught us how like the central bank just cl- um, controls money supply and that's all
0: yeah exactly but they don't have like the problem right like yeah um, and it's a very big problem because like like you said saving isn't gonna do it anymore uh, as a matter of fact if you all you're doing is saving accumulating money um, in the bank mm. while well, year after year that money is going to decrease and decrease and decrease in purchasing power. Yeah. You know, you, let's say you put you know, you have $1,000 or so you have $10,000 in the bank well, in a year or so it's going to be, let's just say 10% less, you're only going to have $900 worth of purchasing, purchasing t- power. Mm. In another year, you're going to lose another 10, 12%. And the year mm. after that, you're going to lose another 10%, 12%. Mm. It's only going to be a matter of time before you, 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 you know, your purchasing power gets cut in half, Yeah,
1: right? People, yeah. Um, and people are not really incentivized to like save anymore. People will just spend that money because people are just like, Oh, like this is m- why not buy it now? Because probably, this thing is probably going to go up in price later on. Um, so people have such a, high time preference where they just think of only think about consuming now so instead of saving um and that's right. why you see a lot of people go broke in university um including myself
0: yeah well um, yeah including myself too but like most most students are more or less broke um in university i mean <laughs> yo, zero
1: um, do, yo when you reach the double digits in your bank account that's that that's when you're kind of down bad
0: well yeah we all have that's why we all have credit cards these days oh. right <laughs>
1: yeah I, I didn't get I didn't have a credit card back then so I was, was pretty down bad Um, now yeah. I do but what do you say I'm much I'm way better with my money I feel like um, as being being at home you're obviously going to be better with money because you don't really have too much to spend on really
0: you don't have um, many expenses
1: yeah i don't know but yeah that that was like what is it just reading that book in general kind of just opened my eyes to you know hey savings really not enough and uh, the government is kind of just kind of shady but oh well well yeah i mean
0: about it yeah you can really only control what you do that's true that's true um that's true yeah. and i think saving isn't enough it's because you're just saving implies that you're just accumulating more of this currency that you know somebody is just printing out at will mm. right um so that's why i think uh saving is just not enough um mm. especially in the years like I, I, in my opinion like in the in the future um because like once you start printing, right? Like mm-hmm. once they've started printing, they can't really stop printing. Um, like yeah. the, there's, they only have two options, right? They either st- uh, print or they don't print. If yeah. they stop printing, that's gonna cause a uh, economic crash because um, well, you know, you just start, you stopped all of a sudden injecting liquidity into the into the economy, into the yeah. markets. Um, after you know you've been injecting free money all this time well that's just going to cause a a very big correction right and Mm -hmm. uh, stock prices are going to or not stock but like just asset prices in general and goods and services in general they're going to corrupt themselves Mm -hmm. Uh, and essentially they're going to for however long temporarily they're going to crash and when things crash there's going to be public outcry and you know the government doesn't like that. The government doesn't like public outcry. The, the government yeah. doesn't like people being concerned and scared and freaking the fuck out, right? Yeah. So in order to um kind of keep the hamster wheel spinning, they got to keep running on it. Mm. Um, right? They got to keep, keep gotta the keep...
1: Co- public calm basically.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Keep
1: everything still like relatively normal. You got to just right. keep the status quo. Um And, yeah, even if you, like, lower money supply, uh, it's it's not going to be good. Uh, But, yeah, I, to be honest, I, Yang, bro, I felt like I learned more just from, just from this episode than from my macroeconomics courses. So, yeah, thanks for recommending me this book, man. Recommending, recommending this book.
0: Yeah, no problem. Um, I think it was a very well written book, um, and it definitely like it definitely opened my eyes up to a lot of issues that like I had no idea were prevalent and were of like significance in, in like right now in our time. Um, and actually, well, really, it's been an issue for decades now. But um, people just, I think the general public just don't seem to. Realize it, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we're just uh, we're just spreading awareness, you know, kind of like how everybody else spreads awareness about different things. We're spreading awareness about this, so yeah, um, you're welcome. <laughs> Before we go um yang any final words or any final thoughts
0: uh no nah, man uh don't have any final thoughts um yeah thanks for listening um, yeah
1: thank you guys so kids, much
0: stay in school stay in, stay in school kids or not yeah,
1: or not i don't know do do whatever you want man um you got you only got one life to live um but yeah, oh, we say that, but you know uh you, you know like when people would be spending their money on like uh some waste major not waste majors but like just majors that won't make you any like money and stuff. Like I'll, you know what I'm talking about, but yeah. Um we'll leave it at that. Um I didn't want to call
0: out any names.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to call. He didn't want me he,
0: he didn't want any. Take any shots. Ah,
1: oh, man, yo, we don't have that clout yet. So, um, yeah. Okay. Also, also, we're, we're we're aspiring to, you know, work in our field. So let's not call we're any aspiring shots to change now. The world. Okay. Yeah, we're, you know, let's let's be positive and, you know, you know what Joey Badass said. He said, "Um, did he say let's change the wo- before we change the world we." T- uh, what did he say um, shoot sorry guys I'm searching this right now well I'll um, tell you
0: I, I know what Michael Jackson said he said before you change the world you gotta change yourself so that's uh, what Joey Bash said
1: that's, <laughs> let's <laughs> end there
0: then <laughs> yeah let's end it there
1: alright take it easy guys and uh, yeah follow us on our socials um, when we when we get our socials you know and take it easy. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, we would appreciate if you guys would follow us on our socials, on Instagram, show us some support. Uh, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, and we'll see you soon. If you guys have any criticisms or some things you'd like to say to us uh, we're all ears and yeah feel free to let us know how we can improve you guys can be part of the journey as well uh, thank you so much for listening again and we'll see you soon bye